Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. This week on the Glass Cannon Podcast. In the mists, I can see many things. Everything is about to change. I've seen what you have done. I've seen you save Trunau. I've seen your past. You lost a son. I've seen you in the Vault of Thorns. Your father found your mother. You see her head moving back and forth like there's a battle going on. He was never yours to lose. I've seen what you have done. I've seen your present. The thin man saw you. Where's my father? I've seen you live. I've seen you die. What? How? When? And the elders are true now. The guards. Guards that Lork recognizes. And the elders are true now. Your family still lives. Tears start falling from her eyes. Just falls to the ground, clutching at an arm that just keeps withering away with his body. Dale doesn't, like, can't speak. She doesn't even know what to say. You see Galabras in a darkness in his eyes. He even had glimpses of... He was my son. ...a possible future. The adventure continues. I jump up, grab the hammer off the table, and I back up like against the wall of the tent. Now. What's going on, everybody? It's your GM. It's your DM. It's your best friend, Troy Valley. Just like the T says, we have a game-changing episode of the GCP coming up in episode 61. Now, you might say to yourself, Troy, 61 isn't that special of a number, and you might be right. Sure, Bob Dylan had an album called Highway 61 Revisited, and I think Billy Crystal directed a really shitty baseball movie about the worst team in all professional sports, the New York Yankees, called 61. And that's it. Well, while 61 may not be a special number, our episode 61 is a very special episode. I'm going to go out on a limb here and say it's my favorite episode we've ever recorded. Troy, that's crazy talk. You don't know what you're saying. I do know what I'm saying, and I'm sticking with it. And that's all I'm going to say about that. Last week, we did another giveaway contest that we launched on our Twitter account, at GlassCannonPod. We've been receiving some amazing entries so far, so just keep sending them in. You know what? Things went so well, we're going to do another one this week. Once again, you're going to have to follow us on Twitter, at GlassCannonPod, if you want to find out the details on how to enter, what to enter, who to enter, when to enter, and we'll announce those details this Friday, July 29th at 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Now, last week's prize was a Pathfinder Core Rulebook. This week, we're going to mix it up 
and give away a brand spanking new copy of Pathfinder's Ultimate Intrigue, also signed by the whole GCP crew. Ultimate Intrigue is one of the newer source books that Pathfinder released. I don't even want to give it away, it's so beautiful, but you know what? I'm in a giving mood. First of all, it introduces a very cool new class called the Vigilante. It's kind of like a superhero. You have an alter ego by day, and you fight crime by night. Or if you're an evil character, you cause crime, I guess. I would love to see this class work its way into the glass cannon at some point. Hey, maybe Baron will take a level in Vigilante sometime. Sure, right after his rogue level. <sighs> I guess GMs can dream. In addition to the Vigilante class, there's also a bunch of new feats, magic items, spells, and a ton of new archetypes for the existing Pathfinder classes, as well as a whole system that I'm really going to look into that gives you rules for social combat and verbal dueling. So diplomacy checks, bluff checks, those will be a thing of the past once this system blows up. A new addition to the Pathfinder Pantheon, and we can't wait to give it away. So check out Twitter this Friday to find out how to get it at Glass Cannon Pod. Follow us already. All right. I'm too excited to say any more, so let's just jump right in headfirst to episode 61, Missed Connections. I feel like it's uh, like some sort of 1950s TV host who just like <laughs> fucking drinks as much whiskey as he wants before the show starts. Does a bump. Looks at the mirror and it's like, showtime. <laughs> <laughs> Standing at the window, yeah, he's just drawn on a twenty-four gazing, ounce bud. gazing longingly out the window, with <laughs> sucking on a on a tall boy. This is what DMing does to you. Yep. When you uh, <clears throat> when you people can't see at home, is right now I'm standing by the window, just <laughs> looking out at the street, <laughs> while these four players and their imaginary bear sit around a table. <laughs> <laughs> I'm drink, drinking a, a giant Bud Light Lime. <laughs> and I'm just generally disgusted with everything. <laughs> but we have a show to do. We do. <laughs> and we ended Time on to shape up. We ended on a bit of a... You know, I would say we, we, we rarely end on cliffhangers, but I feel like that was a oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Rarely. For a nice change of pace. I just want to mix it up. You know, it was uh, episode 60. Why not end on a cliffhanger? Um... What uh, what is going through everybody's head? I don't think we've checked in with the, with the team in a while. Uh, personally, just just very briefly. Uh, obviously, Lork, this was a secret. No one knew. You told the only person that knew that at least we know in the canon of the show is Shog. Or Tog. 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 Excuse me, Tog. And he died, right? And was he, he the died. one that died? Yeah, the he secret died. died with him. We hardly knew him. Maybe he told Halrex as a little pillow talk. Oh, um, maybe. But who knows? <laughs> um, and now... Can you imagine that pillow talk? <laughs> everybody knows. And not only that, she said that it's your curse. Yeah, that's the thing that's bothering Lork the most. Like, in the, in the, in the heartbeat since this has happened, he's like, he's starting to see all of the bad shit and then he's like tracing it back and he's thinking about, and he's kind of thinking more in depth about the uh, crime, which is what it was. It was a crime uh, than he has in many years. Right. And kind of going, going through like curse. What are you talking about? Obviously Jason died. Obviously Gormley died. Obviously Ben Vereen died. But like who, who else has been cursed? I'm sure there's been people from Brand. your Black Arrow days. Oh, oh yeah. Brand. My I whole mean, party. My whole group. Your whole, your whole, yeah. Oh, and I survived for some reason. Your whole unit. I mean, injured. Badly, badly injured. Did you think, like, do you think Lork ever thought of it as a curse? Or Lork was just like, no. Uh, no, just unlucky. People die. Yeah, exactly. I mean, life he, is hard. Yeah, he had a, he had a tough, 
uh, tough youth, so he's, uh, people die. They didn't call you Lork the Natural One in the <laughs> barracks? <laughs> I doubt uh, they uh, the natural one, uh, the natural, yeah, the natural one. one. You thought it was a compliment? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, they really like me, like the natural, right? Yeah. Lork, Man, you're really one. a natural one at that bow, Lork. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, fellas. Well, you are kind of like the natural because you know you were you were a soldier, you were effective early. <laughs> You had a bad injury, and you didn't come back until like twenty years later. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And for, for an unlikely rise to. Fame or power or whatever. Yeah. yeah. And then Galabras uh, Clutch spelt two bottle caps last yep. game. Right? Two bottle caps or in the last couple episodes, yeah. two bottle two caps? Two bottle caps. That's caps. A first. In, That's one, a first. in one episode. In one app. Uh, silence. So clutch. So Galabras obviously coming more in t- uh, you know, sort of in tune with his powers. He's now taken that extra level of cleric. He was a little bit behind, and now sort of his powers are catching up with him. What's happening with, with Galab? Well, I mean, we were talking about the kind of restoration of his faith mm. uh, before, two episodes ago, I guess. Um, but also, I was talking with Matthew about how, how nice it must be for him to have Della around now, because like she's the only person of of a comparable age, even though she's in reality, like many hundred years older than him, but like in, uh, uh, mentally she's, they're, they're about their peers. And, you know, Baron is, you know, in his fifties and, you know, Lork is in his forties. And, and so it, it, I think that they have a very special connection. I don't think it's like romantic because I think Galabras is, was kind of, uh, smitten by, uh, Calran Blix when they met. Mm. I, I don't think he has eyes for anyone else at the moment. But I think it's, but they've shared like a lot because like, you know, I'm teaching her languages and like teaching about the world and it's so nice for me. And so, uh, yeah, I think that that's uh, really, uh, it's really, really special for him. Yeah. And I, I get that sense as well. And then you have Della who, and, I, and this is what I wonder about Della. You've obviously fell in, in, in tow with this group of people. Everything's exciting. Every moment is a new experience, but you had a mission ultimately, to reconnect with your father, who was trying to find your mother, with you. And like, is there a part of you that sees what's going on? Is like, I want to get the hell out of here and go find my dad? Or are you more in love with this experience right now and just going with this? I think, I mean, I think, the, I mean, the big thing is I think Della doesn't think she has the power that her father had. So like, mm. wherever he is lost, she does not necessarily have the ability to find him. And I think between that and again, yeah, exactly. Like everything is new. Every literally everything is new right. to her. And now this connection with these other people, and especially Galabras, who is kind of being the conduit to this world. I think she's more concerned with just kind of being there for them. Sure. Where whatever their mission is, because like this, Dell doesn't really have skin in the game here. Yeah, and maybe this is uh, you know you you lost your father who was looking for the mother. You're looking to reconnect this family, and now you're sort of creating a new family in a way. You've got this father figure in Lork, uh, this brotherly figure in Galabras, and then an ornery uncle. (laughs) (laughs) Are you okay putting your life on the line for all these relative strangers, or what are you motivated by? Because death could be around any corner. I think. I mean, I don't think Della is particularly fears death. I think because she's been she's been trained for battle from such a young age. Mm. It's just kind of like that's what she do. That's what she does. I mean, like she kills. She's killed a lot of people. I imagine her kind of like a circus performer. 
but you know, with the most positive <laughs> view on it, like she's she's got to be fearless in so many ways because she's you know incredibly acrobatic and tr- well trained, and she's obviously fought a lot of different odd things. She's moved through the cra- much crazier planes than the material plane. So I would think that there's yeah, there's a boldness of youth to her. Yeah. I think uh, to step step outside of the character for a minute, I think that she's she's had to do some things at the behest of her father that. She is now, in the context of all of these people, starting to realize we're not exactly on the up and up. Oh, oh really? Yeah. So, so you think maybe Dad had some dirty dealings? Some dirty dealings, or you know, his own kind of vengeance mission. And was he human, or he was shadow? People? He was human. He was human. So presumably, Mom is the shadow. Yeah, shadow person. Very interesting. <laughs> Always good to check back in once in a while and see where everybody's at because here comes Ingrahild. You guys just dispatched of these ogrekin, these mutated, malformed freaks. freaks. You come here, you know there's going to be orcs. You assume there's going to be some sort of giants. And the first creatures beyond the gray oozes that you fight are ogrekin. Ingrahild comes up, says, you need to come with me. You all agree to go see her. Who? Amlo's beaten but safe, and here you are. She starts walking back the way you came towards the latrine, but like waiting for you guys to follow. Um, did we do uh, a sense motive on her for why she was bringing us there? Did that happen? We've done several sense motive checks on her, right. but not for that. Yeah, I just I guess I just wanted to see if she was under a spell or something like that. You know, if she met with some sort of witch, you know, she could have like been like, you know, go get your friends and bring them back to talk to me. Little charm person or something. I'm sure. gonna I'm gonna get actually. This. I mean, the only after we saw what happened with what Malira did to the boat crew, I think it's totally well within reason for us to be and suspicious. Then we go. Yeah, yeah. Uh, seventeen cents motive. Seventeen cents motive. Uh, her eyes are bloodshot red from crying, and you sense that she is telling the truth. So we she's sense that she's overwhelmed. In, she's in her right mind, though. but she's like, in, she's she seems to be in her right mind. And you've control. seen her in her wrong yeah, we've mind. Seen her when crazy. you met her, you've seen her in her wrong mind. She seems to be in her right mind, like whatever's behind the eyes is is still driving the car. Um, but she's puffy eyed, and like you can tell, the reunion with Umlo was an emotional one. So yeah, Lork is going to follow her, and he is—he's—he had a certain level of confidence going in here. He had his idea. He had the plan. The plan was get to the sewer grate. We climbed the wall. We executed a good, you know, SWAT team move over the wall mm-hmm. into the grate. He pulled it off. You know, everything was looking good, and now all of a sudden this bomb gets dropped, and I think that he's his confidence is gone. His stomach is. In knots, he's trying to figure. He's seeing every death that has been around him his entire life flash before his eyes right. as he's walking. You know what I mean? So I don't think he's thinking too too much about what he's about to see. He's just like, I got to go to the next step uh, and follow her. You know, e- e- even though it seems so terrible, such a terrible idea. Right. I uh, I tell her in Dwarvish as as we approach her that if she runs off on her own again, there's no guarantee that we can come and save her. And that she's putting everyone's life at risk, and it's irresponsible. Yeah, and in and, and Dwarven, back to you, she's, she's like, I understand, and I, 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 all I can say is I'm sorry. I know that this has happened before, but um, I, I feel like this 
this is going to be okay. And I really, I, I don't know where we're going now, but I really want to see what looks like a church underneath where we are now on that map as I'm looking at it at some point. Oh, interesting. In the, you mean below the bell tower? Yeah. Looks like, the, an like an altar the or something. Floor of the bell tower. The belfry. The belfry. Uh, Bats in the belfry. Now, as I recall, we, we hid the bodies of the ogrekin just in case there was another patrol, right? Uh, I can't remember. If, if not, we should do that. Yeah. We, we talked about it, but I don't think we actually did it. You know, there's, there's the, the, the room full of bunks. Maybe you could do something in there. Um, yeah. Tuck them in. Yeah. Like, oh, man, these guys are really <laughs> sleeping over their watch. We Let's could do like it. a Ferris Bueller thing yeah, where exactly. like you open the door and it's like. <laughs> Does anybody have 50 feet of rope? <laughs> um, and roll we, and synthesizer. Is it worth searching the bodies? Do they seem to have any anything on them, by the way? Uh, no, just their ogre hooks. Okay. Uh, Lork is going to kind of shakily ask Ingerhild, uh, who, who, as we're walking. You said she. Who? Who is she, and, and who else is out there? Her name is Droja. Whoa. That's how she introduced herself to me. She looks to be like you, and is talking to you, Lork. A half-orc. A, a, a half-orc. She didn't tell me too much. She just told me things about my past that only uh, a seer would know. And no one else is out there? No, just she's with Umlo. Uh, she, evidently, they bring Umlo to, to her every day after the bear baiting to heal him back up so they can cart him back out there into the fray. Uh, but right now, all of the other uh, orcs in the army are on the other side towards the east where all the huts are that Galabras saw when he was flying. Um, so now is the good time to go and speak with her. She would not uh, lure you directly into danger. All right, lead on. This is the second seer we've, uh, half-orc seer we've encountered. Yeah. So right, uh, Katrezra. Katrezra. Yeah. Old Katrezra. See episode five. Five. Hey. Hey. Uh, does uh, does uh, Ingrahild mention what uh, what actor is playing Droja? Uh, she doesn't. <laughs> she doesn't, but if I, if I go from the Matthew School of Casting, I'll give you a name in 20 episodes. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Matthew, why did you open that door? (laughs) (laughs) Touche. All right, so you go down the spiral staircase. You come back into that room with all the bunks. I remember uh, Lork and Baron both opened the doors at the same time. You saw the feet, the the footprints going back and forth just from the left and right. Uh, To the right, Baron saw like more hallway that you assume is like just going along the curtain wall of the palisade. You come back down the long hallway into the latrine and one by one, Go down the hole, uh, steal yourself, <laughs> steal yourself against the. Uh, we drop ourselves off at the pool. Against, against the, oh. Yeah, just plop, 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 plop. plop. Oh god, it's oh. pretty gross. Uh, everybody, roll fortitude saves. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, no. Now you guys are, know what's going on, so I don't know. You can cover your mouths. You can do whatever you want to do, but basically, you all saved as far as you know, against that. And once you save, you're good for 24 hours. Gotcha. Uh, so you go back down the poop chute, out the grate, and now you're surrounded by those strangely empty huts. You go up to the north, turn the corner, couple more empty huts, and then the slightly larger hut that was covered in colored animal pelts. 
now that you're close up, Galabras had an aerial view when he was flying, uh, but you can see from you know 25 feet away, uh, there are animal skeletons and mummified entrails dangling from the posts of this large, brightly dyed tent. Hmm. Uh, in the middle of the tent is a smoke hole, and pale blue smoke is just hmm. wafting from out the, uh, the smoke hole in the middle of the uh, tent. And you smell herbs, sweat, and death. Whoa. Smoke holes and poop shoots. Smoke Oof. holes and poop shoots. Right. There's the episode title. There we go. <laughs> Coming soon to an episode near you. What do you do? Uh, Galavis is kind of looking at Lork for a cue on this one. This, um, is, his, this is his deal. Dell is pretty suspicious. This doesn't seem like smart. Ingrid is it's like, she's, does she go she, in the she's, tent? She's right this way. Or does she you know, stand aside? She, having listened to Baron, she doesn't want to like move out of turn now, but she says she's, she's inside the tent with him. Look. All right, come. Lork is going to come to the tent, stop, turn back, look at Galabras, get a nod. He turns and opens up the tent, pulls back the flap. Opens up the tent. You see a dwarf lying on the ground, covered in blood, bald head with just patches of hair, red hair left to it, and a beard that's been like uh, shaved in all weird places, so there's just little chunks of hair left. I'll put this oh. up on the tumbler, tumbler, but he looks like this. That's disgraceful oh. for a dwarf. That is, oh, that is yeah, bad, totally. And the orcs knew what they were doing yeah, when they yeah. decided to humiliate they broke him. him. Covered in scratches. Humiliated from, him. You can tell bear paw scratches. He's just lying there, um, and he is, uh, you can tell, in and out of consciousness. Yeah. Um, and towards the back of the tent, and now that you're, you've opened the, the flap, just <sighs> the smell of incense and all these other crazy herbs. Stranger than the Vault of Thorns. It's not those floral scents. It's these, like, mystical scents. Uh, come wafting at you and you see in the back of the tent uh, the small stature of a female body um, looking down at some sort of cauldron uh, with smoke wafting up from it and as you open the tent she turns around and she looks like this oh wow and she's played by Dame Judi Dench oh And she says, the true now three, welcome, welcome. I knew, I knew you would come. What? Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And she's looking at you like you are celebrities. And she is an interviewer on the red carpet. Galabras Finn. As I live and breathe, I've seen your exploits, and you have come so far. Baron Redheart, with your great power that you hold, 
one of the rarest items in all of Galarian. Welcome, it is truly an honor. And Lork Iron Tusk, the cursed one. <laughs> I am Damn. so terribly sorry that I had to have Ingrahild uh, reveal something about your past that perhaps you were not, that you were loath to share with the group, but I needed to get you here because time is of the essence and right now is a good time for me to talk to you. I see that the mists were true and Gormley is no longer with you. I saw her fall, but sometimes the mists don't always tell the, the truth. You must be Della, Della Nan. Welcome, young lady. Della has her scimitar at the ready. She's a little suspicious of this. There is no need for suspicion, but I understand <laughs> you have. Did she say that out loud? Yes. <laughs> no, no, hey, to, I mean Della. To Della, yeah. <laughs> Just, no, no, I was like, get out of my head. <laughs> There's no need to, to be weird. <laughs> Everything's cool, baby. I would pay good money to hear Judy Dench say the words, Everything's cool, baby. Uh, I understand you're all uh, under great mental duress, stress, and fear as to why you are here and what this fort holds. But all I can say is, I welcome you with open arms, because I've seen what you have done. I've seen you save Trunau. I've seen you in the Vault of Thorns. I've seen you live. I've seen you die. And now you stand before me, and I truly believe that you four could be the architects of my freedom as well. How? How did you see it? I am an oracle, and in the mists of my cauldron, I can see many things. I have been here for longer than I can remember as a concubine, if you will, to the general, the leader of the orc tribe here. He fashions himself a general, but he is a vile, despicable man. His name is Kaguk, and he has treated me as horribly as any one of his enemies. But here I am, still alive, and I have been waiting for you to come. I've seen so many things about you. I've seen your past, I've seen your present, and I've even had glimpses of a possible future. Where are you from? My family migrated here from uh, far north. Uh, they were wiped out in a siege and I was taken uh, at a young age and uh, taught the mystical arts. Uh, I became an oracle uh, just to survive, to uh, be useful to the tribe. Many battles, many wins and many losses later, I've been tossed around like an old doll, and here I am now at Red Lake Fort. What do you know of this place? I have seen it from above. 
We have a map. <laughs> yes. Blix. You have the map from Blix. Yes. She, like, closes her eyes and wanders over to her cauldron. And you can tell that the cauldron is full of some sort of bubbling hot liquid. And she just places her hands right on the cauldron. And you don't see her cry out in pain or anything, but you would assume that it's searing her skin. And she's like, I saw you at the way station speak with her. She is looking for her ancestor. And I have had communion with him here, his ghost. We are not entirely on amicable terms, but that's, in my estimation, more because he is in a different plane than I am right now, and trying to reach out across those planes is not my strong point. But I've told him about you. I've told him that you would come to save me, and he believes that if you truly are the heroes that I spoke of, that you would be able to save him as well, albeit in a different way. Why is his spirit still here? Don't most spirits leave for another plane? Why does he remain in a place where you can speak with him? I've asked him the same exact thing. Evidently, from what I gather from my communion with him, something just abominable happened here at the fort when it fell. And those ghosts still haunt the fort. In order for his spirit to be free, those ghosts need to be exorcised. She still has her back to you, hands on the cauldron, and she releases the cauldron and turns around to you, and you can see her flesh is not even seared on her hands. She just says, uh, from what I understand, he is in the bell tower on the first floor. And that is why I've had such a close communion with him because proximity-wise, he's right near me, yet so far, because on the other side of this fort is where the ogres and the giants make their home. Who's normally in the bell tower that's alive, that is? Inside the bell tower? Yes. It is my understanding that it is empty except for the spirit of this Blix. Will we be able to commune with him without your powers? Perhaps. I'm not sure. I don't know about all this nonsense. I want to know where this orc leader is. Where does he sleep? What about the giant leader? Where does she sleep? Grenseldeck. Yes. <laughs> oh, Grenseldeck. That foolish, foolish woman. She could have had everything. And she threw it all away, trying to amass some large 
dowry to impress someone called the Storm Tyrant. And that orc attack on Trunau that you defeated, that was her doing not only to gain the wealth left in the tomb beneath the town, but more importantly to retrieve half of a strange stone treasure map. I don't know where the other half is, but I believe she has it. Where did the map lead? I do not know. I only sense her intentions. But what happened to her when True Now fell has left the entire fort in upheaval. What happened to her? Just her failure? Or something more? I do not know. I know the general has more communication with her as he is her general. He is uh, stationed on the south side of the, uh, what used to be the moat. Uh, he has a very secure uh, camp. He calls for me whenever he wants to use me as his plaything. I could introduce you to him and Perhaps you could convince him that you are here to take down this Grenzel deck mm. because it is my belief that their relations are no longer good. It wouldn't surprise me. We saw an, a giant killed by a group of half-orcs out on patrol. <laughs> With several swords sticking out of him. It was gruesome, a gruesome scene. You will need... You couldn't even make this stuff up. You will need... <laughs> Lying to an oracle. Always a good strategy. <laughs> you will need better untruths than that <laughs> to get past Kargak if you choose to speak with him. He is heavily guarded, but he would receive an audience. Uh, you will have to be very diplomatic to uh, change his mind, but that is a possibility. Does he trust you enough to listen to reason from us? He trusts me enough that I could gain audience with him. But I don't know if I could protect you. He is, he is not right. The orcs under his command are fractured. And were it not for this bear baiting, who knows what they would do. The ogrekin that live within the fort are basically at war with the orcs. They stand upon the barricade taking pot shots down at them with their bows and arrows. If left to their own devices, there'd be an all-out war. This is why he makes such a scene out of the spare baiting. This is why he brings me this dwarf, Umlo, to keep him alive, because that's the only distraction they have from the fractured tribe that Grenseldeck has left to ruin. This is like Roman times with bread and games. Grenseldeck left. Is she not here? Oh, she's here. Somewhere in there. And she motions with her hand towards the fort. Point on this map <laughs> where she sleeps. I know not the exact location. Plus, that would not be any fun for you as players. <laughs> <laughs> Well, uh, I don't know if I'm really looking forward to uh, having an audience with a, uh, an emotionally unstable orc general. 
but perhaps it's our best uh, bet. If it goes well, he may be able to aid you getting into the fort without the orcs attacking you. If it goes poorly, you most likely become prisoners. What does he want? What can we offer him that he wants? It's my belief. As I lay next to him, after he has his way with me, listening to him, muse upon his situation to himself, it is my belief that he wants the fort for himself. Hmm. What tribe is Karguk the general of? The Twisted Nails. He brought the Twisted Nails. Grenseldeck brought the... Hard Eaters. Hard Eater tribe. Thank you, Grant. You're welcome. <laughs> and they are now the new Twisted Hearts. Hmm. The Ogrekin became subjugated by both of them. But when the tribe fell apart, now they're... Everything's a mess. Do you know their history? We've heard about them teaming up before. I, in my travels from orc tribe to orc tribe, I learned of the, the war. But this is a whole new beast. Okay. And it has to do with Grenseldeck's desire to impress this storm tyrant. And you don't know what the Storm Tyrant is? No. Is he I've only heard whispers. It's a giant. It giant. must be a giant. Are you just saying that because the name of the adventure path is Giant Slayer? <laughs> <laughs> All right, Della. <laughs> Getting a little too uh, precocious really for your weird, uh, Real weird shit there. I've seen so many things. But Grenseldeck's lair. Except <laughs> where Grenseldeck's lair. <laughs> let, me, uh, let me tell you something. Normally, we're in the orc-killing business. And let me tell you, brother, business is booming. But I think that if we're here to kill someone and we can help kill these giants off, maybe we can parlay with this guy. But I'm no good at talking. So we need someone with a high diplomacy score. I'll talk to him. Can you set up a meeting? And can you make it fast? I can set up a meeting. They won't come for Umlo until tonight's festivities. So you're safe here. For the time being, I will send word to the general about your presence. And uh, when you are ready, assuming he will see you. I will escort you over there. Um, Umlo is safe. I've taken care of him. He came here a mess, schizophrenic, not knowing where he was or who he was. He was captured by a, a patrol as he wandered near the camp. I cured him of that ailment, uh, and they bring me to him all the time, and I do my best, but he'll be expected to fight again tonight. impossible cruelty of what they've done to him. Yes. Well, there's something to be said. If we can disrupt the thing that's keeping the peace between the Ogrekin and the Orcs and presumably the Giants as well, 
I mean, we might be in a stronger negotiating position. Hmm. We could. It's very true. I think Kargik's greatest greatest fear is that they won't have something to distract them. I see m- much in the mist, but I do not see how this all turns out. Why hasn't he taken back the fort on his own accord up to this point? Fear. Because they're big? greatly afraid of what lies within this fort. Not only the ogres and the ogre kin, but spirits. Spirits of Red Lake Fort's past. The same spirits that Blix needs you to lay to rest in order to free him. What can be done to free these spirits? I would seek to untether the Elder Blix from this, from this plane. Only he can tell you. I've asked him the same thing, and he's loath to tell me too much. Do we have time to speak or try to visit him before we see the general, or is that too soon? I would think. Unfortunately, the entrance to the bell tower is within the courtyard. You will most certainly run into ogres and... And I would would venture to say that if this nonsense about talking to spirits is true, then we might need to use it as a bargaining chip with this general. If we tell him that our own spiritual magic users can clear the fort of the haunting, and he can have it, then we'll have him on our side. At least for a little while. And that's all I need. Ingrahild chimes in. She says, will you, will you read their fortunes as well as you did mine? Will, will, you, will you do that for them? And Droja looks at Ingrid and says, perhaps they would not like to know such things. I, I do have powers of seeing. I could tell you things that maybe are true, maybe are not. If that's something you're interested in, it's... Something I do, it's something I did for her, it's something I did for her brother. To prove that I am good, I leave that up to you. I would know. I would know what you could tell me of my fate. Come. Take my hand. And she sits down in front of like a, you know, a card table, a round, small table. Um, and there's a, a little bowl there um, that has just rocks in it. No mist or anything, nothing from the cauldron. And she says some sort of incantation over it and uh, puts her hands out on the table like uh, to read you. I put, I put my hands in hers. So she grabs Galabras' hands and she's struggling she's like shaking her head back and forth like wincing a little bit and she lets go and she says I am having I'm having trouble reading your reading your life there's something or someone blocking this Someone or something far more powerful than us. I need great magic to break this barrier. And she puts her hands out. And 
she says, your hammer. May I see it? I sort of cautiously pull it out and hand it to her. She lays it down on the table in between you. Mm-hmm. And she says, do you know what this is? I know it as the hammer of Osgroth, but I know little of the man. This is the symbol for Minderhall. Minderhall was the god of the giants. Hmm. And some say he forged the first giant with a stone hammer. Not unlike this, Minderhall was the maker and the unmaker. And I have never seen greater magic in my life than what's emanating from this hammer. What do you know of this hammer? I know it has a plus two bonus when I when I use it in combat. Yes, yes. <laughs> uh, it, it seems it grows with me. I, this armor uh, affords me the power to grow in size, and the, uh, the hammer grows too. Let's see if we can find out more. She lays her hand on the hilt and beckons for you to lay your hand on the head of the hammer. Okay. The second your hands hit the head of the warhammer, both Droja and Galabras's heads snap back. Snap back. And their eyes go up in their head. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. And all of a sudden, from the little bowl of stones that's sitting between them, a mist rises into the air. And you guys see Lork, Baron, Della, Ingrahild, Umlo, even Barry Connick Jr. (laughs) sees a scene unfolding. You see what looks like a beach, a shore. Uh, There's waves lapping against the sand. Um, And eventually you see detritus, wood, debris, very clearly some sort of shipwreck because you also see corpses, bloated bodies laying in the sand. More and more corpses, and all of a sudden, one of the corpses starts coughing up seawater. You look, and it's pretty clear that it is a much younger Galabras laying on the sand. He comes to... He looks around, weeping, as he realizes maybe joy, maybe happiness at what the situation is. And then all of a sudden, it flashes forward, maybe in time, and you see a bunch of burly, bearded men disembark from a ship, a badass ship, one of those, like, like a Viking ship. Tons of oars. Yeah, a long ship. And they grab young Galabras and throw him on board. This is followed by just like rapid fire scenes of you see Galabras being beaten. You see Galabras being worked to the bone. You start to see scenes that you have to like look away. Maybe Della is the only one that's looking and you wish you didn't see what you see. Then it flashes forward in time and you see Galabras maybe a couple years older and a darkness in his eyes beaten down look on his face and it 
pans out and he's in a busy port town. All those Viking reavers are still there uh, around him. And you see that a man, a thin man, dressed all in black, is coming up to sort of the head reaver of the group and bargaining for Galabras's life. And all the reavers in this captain of the ship are just laughing at this thin old man thinking, well, there's no way you're gonna, you're gonna take this boy from us. He's ours. And the old man, you get the sense that he's challenging the captain to an arm wrestling match, which makes these reavers laugh even louder. They're uproarious, but the captain no longer laughing because if he doesn't take the challenge, even though he knows he could destroy this guy, he'll look like a coward. So they sit down, everyone smiling, thinking it's funny, and they wrap arms. Someone counts it off, and right when the match begins, the Viking captain's arm shrivels away and burns to dust in the wind (laughs) as the thin man stands triumphantly. All the reavers back up 10, 20 feet at what they just saw. Sure, they've seen magic before, but nothing like this. And their captain just falls to the ground, clutching at an arm that just keeps withering away with his body. And the thin man walks away with Galabras. Galabras is now in a cart, just rolling through Avestan. Uh, You don't know if Galabras is in a better place or a worse place now, belonging to this man. You see knights of Galabras just thinking, plotting how he can get out of there. And then you see Galabras come to Trunau, and Galabras pleading to the elders of Trunau to set him free from this life of servitude, this life of being a thrall, a slave. If only they'll let him be a healer. And the elders are true now, the guards, guards that Lork recognizes. They stand up for Galabras and agree. And the thin man just says to Galabras, Well, aren't you a clever boy? Very well. Enjoy your time here in this blasted place while you can, for we will meet again. (sighs) And the mist coalesces, and for a moment you see two eyes peering at you through the mist, and then it goes out, and she kind of crumbles, and Galabras flips back in his chair and falls to the floor. I jump up and I grab the hammer off the table and I back up like against the the wall of the tent. I was breathing. And during this whole thing, Galabras, you saw all these images and they obviously meant a lot more to you because you saw your past unfolding. But the one thing that you know that maybe the rest of them don't know is at the end of that vision, the thin man saw you. Yeah and knows exactly where you are. Yeah. So great. Oh, well, that was a terrible decision, huh? (laughs) (laughs) 
Wow. Man. <laughs> Della is just like in shock having seen all. I mean, she, I think she's known some of Galabras' story, obviously, but never the. And the I'm, true I'm looking around like kind of uh, embarrassed, you know, that people saw like stuff that I was never really willing to talk about. Like they saw it happen. And uh, I feel exposed. Yeah. And uh, I'm just gripping the, the hammer like tight, tight, tight in my hand. So it hurts. And you notice uh, a stronger aura of magic coming off it that you can visibly see now. And through this concert, this experience with Droja, uh, you now know more powers of this hammer. Oh, well. Just from a mechanics standpoint. Handy dandy. The sort of (laughs) communion between the Thin Man, Droja, Galabras, and this artifact all (laughs) happening together. Uh, This hammer, once per day, is a full round action. You can use the hammer to cast a heightened, enlarged person on someone. Oh, wow. That effect lasts for 20 minutes. Oh, shit. Heightened? Enlarged person? Heightened, enlarged person. Whenever the wielder of said hammer confirms a crit against a creature of the humanoid type, confirms a crit against a humanoid, that creature has to roll a fortitude save with a DC 23. Otherwise, it shrinks by one size category. (laughs) (laughs) That lasts for 20 minutes. Oh Oh my God. Wow, little doggy. Droja looks at you and says... That hammer has many more powers lying dormant within it. If you ever find the seat of Minderhall, I believe that you will unlock one of the greatest items in all of Galarian. And I'm just staring at it. I'm like, I look at her and I just kind of nod a little bit, shaking. I lower the hammer down to my side. Della goes over to Galabras and very tentatively lays a hand on his shoulder. I, I jump for a second, then I, I look at her and I let it happen. Who's next? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my I, god. Dude, it's awesome. I should tell it's you rush. that that was not how these experiences go. Ingrahild can tell you that's not normal. There is this man who has been seeking you out ever since you left him, interfering with this. That's why it became such a violent experience. But if there's things you wish to know, I I could briefly tell you. You said I was cursed. What does that mean? He's like showing his teeth, his tusks. She still, she kind of writes, writes herself in her chair and puts her hands out on the table. You just tell me. You know what it means. He's like nervous. I kind of... Galabras goes up and like I put my hand on his shoulder. and Snap. Oh. Yeah. It's like I just nodded him. He sits down. Looks at her very suspiciously. Rule sense motive. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he'll put his hands uh, out. No, he'll violence. say, "Baron, watch the door." 
<laughs> no violent motion whatsoever this time. But she closes her eyes, and you see her, like, moving her head back and forth like she's struggling to see things. You bear the murderer's curse. But in this day and age, aren't we all murderers to survive in this world? You lost a son, but in truth, he was never yours to lose. He belonged to someone else. She winces. But somewhere out there is a true-born son that is yours. Oh, wow. And she opens her eyes and looks at you. Holy shit. (laughs) Jesus. Congratulations. Lord just pulls his hands away. Yeah. <laughs> it's a boy. <laughs> Bare hands of a cigar. <laughs> my favorite cigar brand. It's a boy. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, he snaps his hands away. Stands up out of the chair. Hits her with Gorm's thorn. Yeah. <laughs> Attack roll. Uh, what's her AC? Um, no, yeah, he stands up out of the chair, looks at her, shakes his head. It, it can be. The mists are not always true, but you were a young man when you were in the Black Arrows, yes? Aye. You stayed in towns on your way through the mountains. You would stop and be treated probably like kings if you were protecting small villages. <sighs> oh, God. There was a night somewhere someone bore you a son all right are, are we done with this nonsense or what we, we need to keep moving Della would like to do it but by, by the way Lork had a fleet week baby <laughs> it's true it's true it's true uh, she looks doesn't at, make it any less true boy she looks at Della and she says uh, uh you're, you're perhaps too young to, to, to deal with, with such things. It's Where is my father? That's what I want to know. <laughs> I can show you things, but again, what I see is only what I see. The future is not written in stone. Del sits down at the, in the <laughs> chair. Droja reluctantly puts her hands forward. Does Della grab the hands? Immediately. Again, she closes her eyes, winces, and says, Your father found your mother. I see her long black hair, but I can't make out her features. There is great pain in their reunion. And your father has died. What? 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 She snaps out. I'm sorry, I 
How? I, when? I, uh, that's, that's all that I, that's all that I see. He, he's looking for you. She is looking for you here in Galarian. <laughs> she knows that you live. She knows that you're hers. Your father is no more. But hope lies in a mother. Della doesn't, like, can't speak. I mean, she, she doesn't even know what to say. I can see Della, like, just sitting down on a pile of furs. <laughs> I walk over to her and... I mean, I... It's like I want to say, like, it may not be true, but like after knowing what I saw and knowing how totally true it was, feeling it, I can't say that. So I just I put my hands on her shoulders, and um, I offered a hugger. Della slips away to like a dark corner of the of the tent where it's kind of shadowy, and you can see she kind of like half fades away in the shadow. She gets very like. <sighs> So emo. I love it. (laughs) Lork does a perception check outside the tent. Fail. (laughs) (laughs) Baron Baron says, Whip, looks like there's only one left. And he pulls out a bottle that you've never seen him pull out of his duster before that has (laughs) the Five Kings Mountain sigil on it. Mm -hmm. Uncorks it, and you can just smell this strong, like, 120 proof just whiskey Ooh. just go through the whole room and you can smell it above all the incense and everything else that's burning in here and he takes a massive gulp you see his Adam's apple protrude swallows it caps it whistles at Galabras tosses it at him fumble it, grab it. <laughs> and I said I think you need a drink and then I, I mosey on up to the stool and pull it under my legs and I just stand there because I'm already so short <laughs> She looks, you know, like she's already given some news. She's resigned to this. There's a part of her you can probably tell that she wishes she never even said she could do this. She's seeing some heavy (laughs) shit. This is like, this is a tough room. (laughs) By the way, there's ownership in every prophecy. He belonged to people. That son didn't belong to him. You said that uh, the mother knew that she belonged to her. Like, all this ownership stuff about, like, lives is really kind of creepy. Hmm. Her hands lay outstretched on the table between the bowl of rocks. Baron extends his hands and puts them into hers. Sways back and forth, Stevie Wonder style. (laughs) Something Baron would understand. (laughs) (laughs) I was hoping she was more like Zelda Rubenstein from the Poltergeist. (laughs) These spirits are in the house. She's, you see her head moving back and forth like there's a battle going on in her sights. Tears start falling from her eyes as she is just like grimacing in pain from what she's seeing. You of the Five Kings Mountains are the last of the Red Heart clan. 
when you left the remaining red hearts migrated perhaps in search of you perhaps in search of something else they migrated to the mind spin mountains and they were all killed you are the last of the red heart clan but your family still lives for you are not a true red heart what and she opens her eyes and you swear you see like a trickle of blood coming out of her left eye oh shit and she like she sees you're looking and she just kind of wipes wipes her tears away you, sometimes there's good news God. <laughs> What's her mystery? Just say like, out of math, not in the character standpoint, but like metagame standpoint. Like, what's her oracle mystery? Um, you probably, maybe you'll find out. Uh, all right. Later, oh, yeah. <laughs> She's pretty shook up from all of this. Like she, she shook up. <laughs> oh my God. Like she, you, the the look that you've got from her before she started reading you was that she has been waiting for you literally every second of every day because she truly believed that you would be her saviors. And so she was so excited to read your past, your present, your future because she could. She was assuming it would be full of great hope since she thinks that you're her great hope. But unfortunately, you guys are all shrouded in despair. That doesn't mean that there isn't hope out there, but in reading you, True Now 3, disappointing oracles everywhere, <laughs> 1984. Make that t-shirt. <laughs> no, we step from darkness into darkness. She says, I, if any of you need healing, I can take care of you. But in the meantime, if you still wish to speak with Kagak, I will set up the meeting. Where will you set up the meeting? At his tent. What time? Whenever you're ready. They'll come asking for Umlo within three or four hours. Can I help you with Umlo? You can, but you should reserve your strength in case the uh, meeting doesn't go well. In that case, Della could probably use some healing. <laughs> yeah, oh. I think we all could. Yeah, okay. so she can cast Cure... Uh... I'll take my healing from him, thanks. And he points to Calabras. Oh, she's mad at, mad at Droja. I Don't shoot a... the messenger, Lork. <laughs> I agree. I like. It's like I, I know, man. I hear you, and I warned you. She can cast depending on what you need, Della. She can cast cure serious. She can cast cure moderate. She'll give you whatever you need. I'm only down eleven, so. All right, so she'll cast cure moderate. Um, Do you need healing? Oh yeah. Okay. I'm down forty. Wow. Sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, Della, you're back at full. Four. Awesome. Thank you. Baron, are you okay? I'd like a moderate. Two. Oh no. <laughs> Baron, you go up Five. 12 hit points. So she's just laying hands Seven. on Della and kind of like when she lays hands on you, Della, she, it's, 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 it's as much of an embrace as you'll allow with this creepy looking orc, half orc woman. With uh, no eyeball, with no pupils. With no pupils. <laughs> now, now her pupils are back now. We, uh, I don't have pupils either, so. But she lays hands on you and, and is 
kind of trying to be motherly, but she doesn't quite know because she gave you the bad news. And then with Baron, it's just a, it's a, it's a firm touch as she lays the hands on. She sees Lork giving her the dirty eye. I'm assuming you're, Joe, you're giving me the dirty eye because you're doing Lork to Droja. Yeah, yeah I'm doing Lork to Droja. Yeah. You um, haven't done anything yet to earn the stink eye for I don't me. like the way you look at me. Uh, she says, so, uh, I will, when, when you want me to, I will go and set up the meeting. So, what's, what's I want to, I'm worried about Umlo. Yeah. Can we, in good conscience, in good conscience, send him back to the bear pits? Ingrid is just like, I don't, I don't know what to do. He's, he survived this long with her help, but for how long? And Rose is like, he's strong. He's a strong man. And he always told me that you would come save him. He knew that you were alive once I cured him of his schizophrenia. I'm sure now, knowing that you're alive, he'll fight even harder, but one wrong move from these bears and he's dead. Is there no way to set him free? Setting him free means my death. I think there's a way that we can save all of us. If things go well, if you're diplomatic enough with this vile man, perhaps things will be quelled for the time being. Perhaps you can get these orcs on your side. Uh, If it goes poorly, you may join Umlo in the bear pits. Well, I say we move quick. Let's make this meeting as soon as possible. If we can spare Umlo the fight tonight, we, we do. If we can't, we don't. Either way, we have to make some sort of arrangement here to take the fort and get rid of Grinseldeck. Umlo sits up, mm. like starts to sit up and, and kind of goes back down on his elbow. It's the first time you've seen him stir. He's like, I, I don't know what's going on, but if you need me to fight... I'll keep fighting. <laughs> if it means saving me, if it means saving my sister, I'll do it. And he goes back down to his back, but his eyes are open now. You don't know how long he's been listening, but long enough. Droja leaves the tent. I ask him in. As she leaves, Lord follows her out of the tent, and he grabs her. Okay. Kind, kind of roughly. Like her cloth, not her skin, but her cloth, right. like the cloth of her clothes. Her boob. He grabs her and he... <laughs> My boob! No, he grabs her like from uh, like the back of her collar or something. Right. And he pulls her close to him and he goes into her ear. Tusks out, you know, lower jaw exposed. And he's just... And he's right up in her ear. And he's just like, I don't know where you pull... Where you get this clever trick that you pull on people making them think all kinds of dark, crazy things. But I'll tell you two things. I've known a lot of murderers that lived by no curse. And he was my son. And he pushes her away and walks back into the tent. She just kind of watches you. Doesn't break eye contact, backing away slowly. And then goes around the corner, back to the western side of the wall where the sewer grate was. So she's walking along all those empty tents you would assume, and then she gets to the bottom, bangs a left, and goes to the southern side of the moat. 15, 20 minutes later, maybe it feels like an eternity. 
she comes back. He has agreed to see you. Hmm. He is not pleased <laughs> with your infiltration of the fort. I'm sure that's not a surprise. He is a powerful man. He is a strangely pious man. Hmm. Be careful. He is heavily guarded. Just good luck. I will go with you. I'll leave the dwarves here. Ingrid says, no, I, I, I want to go with them. No, you stay. Watch after your brother. He won't like seeing a dwarf. Do you mean all the dwarves? Or just, <laughs> just Ingr- Umlo and uh, Ingrid, <laughs> okay. and so Ingrid nods. Like I'm afraid I must insist that Baron come with us. <laughs> I, 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 as we begin to leave, ask in Dwarvish, and I try to make it look as much as a like Dwarvish goodbye as possible. I ask in Dwarvish to Umlo if he trusts her. Uh, uh, by Droja, yeah. Umlo looks at you and says, "In Dwarvish, Dwarven, with my life." With my life. That's good. Literally. He has. Dwarven goodbye. More like a true now hello. (laughs) (laughs) You guys exit the colorful, pelted tent. Bones of animals creaking like a wind chime as you're walking out. Take a right. You walk past the sewer grate. I'm sure Lork left it looking like it's still in place. (laughs) All these eerily, eerily empty tents still. You walk by, you turn the corner, and now you're on the southern side of the moat. Up ahead you see six, seven, eight orcs guarding a raised outcropping of a tent that's built directly into the wall of the fort itself. So not the the log palisade, but like the wall of the fort itself is a tent. Um, if you look on your map, it's like middle south. You'll see it, a sort of circular thing jutting out. Hmm. Well, well, well. What have we got here? <laughs> Androja says, stand aside. Kargak knows they're coming, and he's decided to receive them peacefully. Oh, really? Oh, really, Droger? Uh, he's decided to receive them peacefully. Uh, General, you have some guests? And out walks this pockmarked, beefy orc with a cape and like a Skyrim horned helm. Oh, <laughs> wow. awesome. So, woman, you brought these infiltrators to me to talk, eh? All right, we'll talk. He turns back into his flap. He's like, let them in. But take their weapons. We'll see you next week. Oh, oh no, 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 It just got new powers at once. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you.
On a summer night, Douglas Wagg Jr. lay motionless across a strip of railroad tracks before being struck by an oncoming train. I'm investigative journalist Delia D'Ambra, and my investigation into exactly how Doug died took me into the depths of a bizarre mystery. It was really hard to understand what was fact and what wasn't. A mystery that has led me from one suspicious death to another. Listen to CounterClock now, wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome to a journey into the heart of the Texas Renaissance Festival, the nation's largest and rowdiest celebration of medieval fantasy. But what lurks beneath the facade of tights and turkey legs? Well, we dove deep into the empire to uncover a history marred by mystery and misconduct, murders, assaults, and other crimes that tarnish its legacy. This isn't just a fairy tale. It's a cautionary tale of power, fantasy, and the consequences that follow when they all collide. Search for Crime Waves Renaissance Texas on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening now.